Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life, so we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. The title of today's message is Never Stop Growing. Never Stop Growing. In fact, elbow the person next to you, tell them, Never Stop Growing. Now take it easy, because I'm not talking about your waistline, okay? We're talking about a different type of growth today. I don't know if you do this, but sometimes uh, I can keep people from my past stuck in the past. Let me, let me explain what I mean by that. Um, there are times I'll run into someone who I haven't seen them for 10 or 15 or 20 years, and then when I see them, I'm like, I'm surprised to see that they're different. I'm surprised to see that there's a change. In fact, 15 years ago, many of you know this, I was the children's pastor uh, here at the church. So there were, uh, there were so many kids that, in fact, people in our community right now, in our church right now, that, that knew me as their pastor when they were like 8 years old, 9 years old, 10 years old. And just a couple months ago, I was out in town, and I heard a woman's voice say, hey, Pastor Dan. And I turned around and looked at her, and I, I didn't immediately recognize her. Now, I was trying to think, like, certainly she knows me as Pastor Dan. I have to know this woman. So uh, I'm trying to think, and all of a sudden it clicked. And and something about her her facial features, I was able to remember there was this little 8-year-old girl that I knew from kids' church. I'm like, that's her. And, And I was so shocked because in my mind, every time I've thought about this girl, because she was a real fun kid to have in kids' church. We used her in skits and dramas and games, stuff like that all the time. So I remembered her, and, and it's funny, because every time I remembered her, I remembered her at eight years old. And now she's a woman holding on to her two kids there in the mall talking to me, and I, I was blown away by it, right? And I'm thinking, well, that's ridiculous. Why, why should I have been surprised by her changing? Of course she would change. But what's interesting is, I've had the same experience happen in the opposite way. Have you ever known someone from your past that maybe they were a little rough, you know, like, in fact, there was this one guy I went to high school with, and I could remember that uh, he was always in the party crowd. He was getting in trouble. He was chasing girls. He was, he was always looking uh, for some trouble, and I, I remember that from the past, and I remember a couple months back, I saw him in a restaurant in town. It was the first time I've seen him in, in about 18 years. And when I saw the guy, uh, I had an opposite thought. I thought, you know, certainly he's got to be a little bit different. Like some time has passed. Like maybe he's a little more refined. Maybe some things has changed. And he came up to the table and just after a couple moments of speaking with him with the words that were coming out of his mouth and, and the things he was talking about, and he was inviting me to a kager. And I'm going... Are you kidding me? Like, like, you're still chasing girls, still throwing parties, still the same person that you were like 18 years ago. And what these two experiences caused for me is it caused me to take a step back and to ask the question, I wonder. You know, when I run into people that I haven't seen for like 10 or 15 years, what is their response? What do they think when they run into me? They think, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much he's changed. He's not the same person anymore. He, he's grown so much. Or do they think, yeah, that's the same old Dan. That's the way he's always been. It's just, it's just how I remember him from the past. And see, I ask that question. I think it's a fair question. It's a 
fair question for every one of us to ask because the truth for me is I want to keep growing. I don't want to be the same person I was 15 years ago. I don't want to be the same person I was a year ago. For that matter, I don't want to be the same person I was even a year, I mean, even a day ago. And when I look at my life that way, I think, you know what, uh, when I come into contact with other people, I would hope when they see me, they see that there's been some growth happening. There's been some changes happening in my life. In fact, growth is an evidence of life. If something's alive, it's going to continue to grow. Anytime there's a lack of growth, it, it, it shows an example of there being a lack of life. Many of you know Amelie and I have a garden in our backyard, and uh, we're starting to get a little bit better at this. She's harvesting so much more food out of it now. And one of the things we noticed is that like halfway through the summer, we went out in our backyard and our corn had stopped growing. And we kept an eye on it, and a couple weeks later, we looked at it again. It's still it's not growing anymore. And, and both of us, when we saw that we had a plant and it stopped growing, we immediately went, there's a problem. There's something wrong with this. Because if it's alive, if it's healthy, it should be growing. And the same is true when it comes to our spiritual lives. I think that it's an honest uh, belief that for everyone of us in here, the reason that we're here today is we want to grow. If you got out of bed on Labor Day weekend and came to church on a Sunday morning, you're here because you want to grow. And I know there's many of us in this room that from our own stories and our own lives, we have different areas. We look back and say, you know what? I don't want to be the same person I was. I don't want to have the same fights with my spouse that I've had year after year. I want there to be some change. I want there to be some growth. I don't want to go into this next year facing the same addictions and the same struggles that I faced last year. That's why we're here. We're growing. And today we're talking about growing spiritually. We're talking about spiritual maturity. Now, first off, we need to understand what spiritual maturity is. Because spiritual maturity is when your actions line up with God's word. When your decisions and your actions line up with God's word, that is an example of spiritual maturity. Now, if you're making decisions and your actions don't line up with God's word, that shows a lack of spiritual maturity. So what that means is it doesn't matter how long you've been in church. Um, you could have been in church for 50 years. You could be in church for one week. Uh, that has nothing to do with your spiritual maturity. It's when your actions line up with God's word. When you're making decisions, is this what God will want me to do? And I think for every one of us in this room, you've probably met someone who's been in church for like 50 years. Maybe they've been a part of a church for longer than you've even been alive. And you've gone, wow. They're like really grumpy and really grouchy and really gossipy. Like, that, that's not what I want to be, right? And then we, you can see the other side of it, though, is all the time. I'm so, I'm so encouraged when we run into new Christians who, who they decide to follow Jesus. They ask Jesus to forgive them of their sins. And then they dive in head first and they say, okay, God gave me a new life, so I'm giving my life to him. What does he want me to do? Oh, he wants me to serve, then I'm going to serve. Oh, he wants me to treat my wife with more respect than I'm treating her. I'm going to do that then. He wants me to raise my kids. No, I'm going to do that. He wants me to give. I'm going to do that. He wants me to be at church on Sunday. I'm going to do it. And they dive in head first. So the, the example of their life is they're going, if God's word says it, that's where my decisions are going to be. That's where spiritual maturity is, and that's where spiritual growth is. And today, for every person in this room, whether you've been in church for uh, 50 years, maybe today is your first day in church, this is a day for you because I believe that God wants to teach us and encourage us to keep growing, to never stop. Because we live in a world where the enemy is going to continually try to get you to stop 
growing. But anytime there's a lack of growth, we need to go, wait a minute, there's a problem. Maybe there's not the health that I thought I had in my life. And we're going to look at that today. So would you pray with me before we dive into these points today? Heavenly Father, I believe that you want to speak to each and every one of us today. As we came here on this Labor Day weekend, you have a word for us. And I, God, I think there's some people in this room. We showed up at church today because that's what you do on Sunday morning. But God, I think you want to surprise us today. I think you want to convict us today and teach us, open our eyes to your love and your truth today. So help us today now. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to give you four things that you need to understand about spiritual growth. And by understanding this, you and I can continue to move forward. The first point today, spiritual growth is intentional. Spiritual growth is intentional. See, it's not going to happen by accident. It's a choice. You have to choose to grow. You have to choose to improve. You have to choose to change. See, greatness doesn't just happen. Athletes train. Musicians practice. Businessmen and women, they, they study. And here's the truth that comes when, when it comes to your spiritual life is you are as close to God as you choose to be. That's a little bit hard for us to swallow because we'd like to make excuses. Well, it's for this reason or that reason that I'm not as close to God as I want to be. But, but really, we have to be intentional when it comes to our spiritual growth. There's an example of this in the Bible. In First Kings chapter 19, um, there was a prophet by the name of Elijah. In this prophet, he was coming to the end of his ministry, and God was showing him his, his time on earth was coming to an end. So God led him to pick someone to be his successor. He said, I, I want you to find someone, and I want you to mentor them and teach them to do the same things you're doing, to, to hear me and speak my truth to the people, to, to go do miracles and show people my love. So, so he goes, i got to go find someone. And God led him to a man by the name of Elisha. So Elijah the prophet found this man by the name of Elisha. And Elisha's out in the field and he's plowing his field. And, and the Bible says that what happened next is Elijah chose to mentor this man. And the way he did it, it's kind of strange. If, if you didn't understand what was going on, it would have looked really strange. Because the Bible says what happened is Elijah walked up to Elisha, took his coat off his back, put it on Elisha's back, and walked away. Hey, that doesn't make any sense. That's weird. But what was happening culturally here and what Elisha understood is Elijah was giving him an opportunity. And he's saying, I'm going to teach you how to carry everything that I'm carrying. I'm going to teach you how to handle the weight and the burden of what God has put on me. I'm going to teach you if you'll just accept it. And then he walked away. And the Bible says something so amazing about this, and we see something about the character of Elisha right here as he's introduced in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 20. It says, Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. So you got this picture of, here Elisha is in the field with his oxen, he's plowing, and as he moves forward, this man comes up, puts his coat on him, and walks away, and, and he, he doesn't even do anything with the oxen, he doesn't tie him up or anything, he just leaves him there and starts running after this guy, he's going, I have an opportunity to change, I have an opportunity to grow, and I'm not going to just stand here and watch this opportunity walk away from me, I'm going to run after it, I'm going to be intentional, I'm going for it. And guys, that's what it looks like when you and I grow spiritually, is that we have to recognize that we are presented with opportunities every day of our life. 
where we have a choice where we can just sit back and go, well, there's an opportunity. I could do that, and that's kind of interesting. I guess we'll see if someone else does that. But then there are the people in life who decide, I'm going to be intentional. <laughs> what, there's a chance where I can, I can serve. There's a chance where I could get into a Bible study and learn a little bit more. There's a chance for me to take an extra class and understand a little bit more about some certain area of my life. When we do that, I'm going to run after it. And I wonder, when it comes to the area of your spiritual growth, have, have you been just thinking, you know, it's going to happen over time? It's going to happen on accident, like that maybe with just more experience in life, 10 years from now, I'll be more spiritually mature. See, we see from so many other people in our lives that that's not the case. If you want to grow spiritually, you have to be intentional. You see, the Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. I think it's really cool because this verse, it doesn't say focus on things above. It doesn't say like, like think about th things above just occasionally whenever it happens. But it uses the word set. And really, set is the same word we use when we're talking about how cement cures. Cement will set. See, if you mix a bag of cement, at first it's pliable. You can mold it. You can change it. You can move it. You can put it somewhere new. But as soon as it's set, it's unchangeable. It, it's not going to change anymore. It, it's the way it's going to be. And the, the Bible is, is making something very clear here. When it comes about heavenly things, when it comes about things above, you and I with our mindset should be set. I'm unchangeable. God said it's going to be this way, so I'm, I'm going to be set in it. And I'm going to be intentional to the point where if I make a decision to go to church every Sunday, I'm set in that decision. I'm not going to let anything pull me off of it. If I have a decision to get my kids to 4640 every week, I'm not going to let anything pull me off of it. Because what we know is there's always going to be opportunities to pull us off of God's plan for our life. And it, always, it, it never looks like a bad thing. It's always a good opportunity. Like this week, I'm, I, I get invited to the lake. And it's like, it's just one Sunday. It's no big deal. But then it, the next week, like all of a sudden at work, you're given tickets to go to a Broncos game. And, and now well, it's just another week. And then the week after that, one of your kids is sick. And then all of a sudden, it's like you had a habit that was gr growing you and changing you and helping you so much in your walk with God. But, but all of a sudden, you let... Small things change your mindset about it. And that's not what God is talking about here. He's saying when it comes to your spiritual growth, it can't be a changeable thing. It's a set thing. I'm intentional about this and nothing's going to pull me off of it. The same verse, Colossians 3.2 in the Amplified Version says, Set your minds and keep them set on what is above. See, when you set your mind, you can't be dissuaded. So number one, spiritual growth is intentional. Number two, spiritual growth is incremental. Spiritual growth is incremental. Just like kids learn to crawl, and then they learn to walk, and then they run. Each day, you and I grow a little bit more. Each day, we start to look a little bit more like Jesus, and it happens over time. It's not just one incredibly fast thing where all of a sudden uh, we, we looked nothing like God, and now we look exactly like Jesus. But no, it's, it's the small changes over time that help us 
grow to be more like him. So uh, one of the things you can do to test to see if you're continuing to grow is instead of just looking back at yesterday, because it can be a little tough, am I as kind today as I was yesterday? Instead of doing that, to look back a year ago. Like, if I were to look at my marriage a year ago, am I more loving? Is our marriage, does it have more intimacy? Is there more trust? Is there more faithfulness? When it comes to my parenting, am am I more kind to my kids? Am I teaching them more about God? And start to look and see, am I seeing that these small changes over the last year have really brought me from a place where, where I was at a certain level and now I'm at a completely different level? And see, it's, it's the recognition of going, okay, these things happen in small steps over time that help us then decide every day, I'm going to take a really small step, but it's going to be in the right direction. And incrementally, I'm going to grow spiritually. There's an incredible verse here where Jesus gives us the standard of what it looks like to grow spiritually. This is the measure, and, and we've read this verse many times here. Mark 12, 29 says, the most important one, he's talking about what's the most important commandment. Jesus answered is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. So see, if God gives us the goal that if you're going to be growing spiritually, what that's going to look like is you're going to be more loving to God, but you're also going to be more loving to people, then we should be able to see in our daily life, are we incrementally becoming more loving to other people and more loving to God? See, when Jesus teaches this, it it takes away the myth that our culture has bought into to say that we can grow spiritually alone. That I don't need to go to church. I can, I can go to church up in the mountains. I can grow up in the mountains. Well, if, if, if God is saying, wait a minute, that one of the ways you measure your spiritual growth is are you becoming loving with more people, then, then the answer could not be, well, I'm going to get by myself away from community, away from people, and that's how I'm going to grow. Because a lot of times the measure is are, how, are, how kind are you being with your coworkers? How kind are you being with your kids? How kind are you being with your spouse and your friends and your family members? So as we start to look at that, we start to see that the measure God gives us is, okay, okay, it's simple. Looking back yesterday, looking back a month ago, looking back a year ago, am I more loving today than I was a year ago? Am I kinder today to to my coworkers than I was a year ago? See, if you were to go to a gym and get a membership at the gym and and you decide, I want to lose a bunch of weight, I want to get like six-pack abs, I want to be ripped, you know. If you go to the gym and you sign up, you give them your credit card, you sign the contract, you you wouldn't go to the gym owner and say, okay, make me skinny. I paid you the money, like do something already, right? No, he'd laugh at you and you go, that's ridiculous. See, because it's not the gym owner's job to make you skinny or to make you healthy. All his job is is to give you the opportunities to get skinny, to give you the opportunities to get to the equipment, to get to the classes. And see, it's the exact same thing when it comes to the church body. See, it's, it's not my job or any of the other pastor's job to, to make you spiritually mature. It's simply our job to just give you the opportunities to where you can get connected with other people and grow, where you can get into classes and learn more, where you can come into worship services and worship him. And in doing this, like just like you wouldn't go into the gym and sit back and watch everyone else run on the treadmill and expect to get skinny 
Like you'd just be the creepy guy at the corner watching them run, right? Then what, what does that look like? It looks like when we come to church, you don't just sit in your seat and, and watch other people serve and watch other people give and watch other people get into small groups and watch other people take classes and go, wow, doesn't seem like anything's happening to me. Well, it doesn't seem like anything's happening because you're not doing anything. And that's where we've got to understand that when it comes to spiritual growth, we first of all have to understand it's intentional. I'm going to do something about it. And it's incremental. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take small steps every day. And then that brings us to the third point. Spiritual growth is practical. It's practical. I say that because spiritual growth, it happens by creating habits, disciplines decisions every day in your everyday life to to make a habit of doing something over and over and over again that is going to help you grow this is why every week we talk about the importance of prayer we talk about the importance of bible reading we talk about the importance of worship because doing these things will help strengthen you will help help you grow in fact doing these things is just as important to your spiritual growth as, as training is for an athlete second timothy 4 7 says Train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be godly. Now, imagine with me, what if there was a marathon in town, and our church was, was chosen to send one representative to the marathon to race the race, and they're going to represent Fellowship Church, have a big shirt that says Fellowship Church, they're representing you, they're representing me, and we all put our names in the hat, and we're going to find out who's going to be the person that goes and runs this marathon. And we pass that around, we finally reach in there and pull out the name, and there it is, it says, Dan Hooper Jr. First of all, I would throw up, okay? But if we said, okay, then what we're going to do is we're going to send Dan into a marathon. He's going to go run this race. And I was pumped about it. So you know what? I'm going to do my best. I'm determined I'm going to do good. Here's the truth. It doesn't matter how determined I am. It doesn't matter how much I want to win. There's no possible way I could run a marathon. You want to know why? Never trained for it. I've never done the work. I've never put in the practice to be able to be strong enough to handle running a marathon. Now, this verse of 2 Timothy says we should train ourselves to be godly. Why is that? We see that there's also a verse in 2 Corinthians that says that there is a weight of glory. A far exceeding weight of glory. What that means is that blessings have weight. Blessings are heavy. To, to be blessed is something that you have to train for. And in fact, there are some of you, you've been asking God for things. You've been asking him to bless you with certain things. And he's not giving it to you because you've never trained. You, you've never done the work. You've never done the practical practices of growing spiritually. So he's going, if I give this to you, it's going to crush you. Like, so how am I supposed to give you a marriage if you won't even work on the relationships you do have? How am I supposed to give you more finances if you won't trust me with the finances that you do have? And he's saying, I want to bless you, but I'm not going to give you something that's going to absolutely crush you. So we have to look at our lives and go, okay, if we're supposed to train, then, then it can't just be like some out there weird scenario, like somehow I'm just going to become more spiritual. No, we have to understand it is very practical. It's putting some practices into our life and going, okay, what are some practices that are going to help me become more loving with God and more loving with people? 
Maybe I should be reading my Bible. Maybe I should be worshiping God more. Maybe I should be listening to worship on the way into work. Maybe I should join a small group. And as you start to look at those things, you can start to put things in practice. But see, this isn't supposed to just be some plan to make you feel guilty and put more on your plate because really it doesn't have to look exactly like that. Because I talk to single moms sometimes who say, you know what, I just, I'm so discouraged because I don't have the time to study. You know, I don't have the time to, to pull out an inductive study on the book of Leviticus and learn all about the Old Testament. I don't have time to do that. And maybe where God has you right now, he's just wanting you to get down on the ground with your kids and show them some love. Maybe he's trying to give you an opportunity to meet with some other single moms. Maybe he's just trying to give you some other opportunities. that don't, They don't look exactly like other people's plan for spiritual growth, but what they're doing is they're helping you grow in your relationships with other people, and they're helping you grow in your relationship with God. So spiritual growth, number one, intentional. Number two is incremental. Number three, it's practical, and that brings us to number four. Number four, it's continual. Spiritual growth has got to be continual. That's why we titled the message, Never Stop Growing. There should never be a time in your life where you say, I've arrived, I've learned it all. You know, I've been in church for so long, I've heard sermons like this for so long, I've learned everything I need to learn. It doesn't matter if you've been in church for over 80 years, I wonder, what are you learning right now? What are you growing? What is God challenging you to right now? There's a woman on our staff that I so deeply admire. Uh, she's a great woman. Many of you know her. I see her sitting in the back right now. Her name's Jill Buck. And uh, she is a counselor on our staff. And in fact, she's the one that our staff goes to when our staff needs counseling. I mean, she's a very wise woman. She's, she's been in ministry for many years. I'm not going to tell you how many because she's in here and I'll get in trouble. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you, one of the things I admire about her the most is sometimes I'll listen in on conversations that she'll have with other people, and she'll ask questions. She'll say, what books are you reading right now? What are you learning? You got anything that, that, that would help me right now? Is there something I should be reading? Is there some sermon I should listen to? Is there something? And I see that in her age and stage of life, she is a continual learner. She's saying, I'm, not, I'm never going to act like I've just arrived. And guys, I can tell you that that's what I want for myself. Because sadly, I, I see people sometimes that get that attitude of just, you know what, I've been following Christ for so many years, been in church for so many years, I, I guess I don't really need to grow anymore. And really, it's just a trap where the enemy's trying to get you to stop being productive in your life. But I want to be the type of person like, like a Jill Buck, where it doesn't matter what my age is, it doesn't matter what my stage is, doesn't matter what my experience is, I'm going to continue to say, God, is there something that you want me to do? Is there something you want to teach me, God? How is it that you want to change my life right now in this stage? If you would bow your heads before we go, I want to encourage you to make this personal. This is one of those messages. You can just go, oh, this is a cute message on a, on a Labor Day weekend. Or you can make it really personal right now. And this is what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you right now to ask God two questions. Just on your own, ask him the question, God... What are you telling me today? What is it that you're telling me today? Then I want to encourage you today as well to ask God, God, what do you want me to do about it? Is there some practice that you want me to 
start in my life? Is there something that you want me to change? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person in this room. And I believe, God, that you want us to grow. I believe that you want to change us. I believe that you want to challenge us and move us forward. And God, we don't want to be stuck in life because we just choose to stop growing. But instead, we want to be the type of people who cooperate with you. That God, if you're saying there's something practical we should be doing, maybe we've heard it week after week after week and we've even tuned it out. Like, yeah, here's the part again where they're going to tell me to read my Bible. Here's the part again where they're going to tell me to do this. God, forgive us for that type of attitude. And I pray right now that we would, would practically and intentionally get in line with what you want to do for us. So God, help us. I pray for each and every person in this room that no matter what the stage or age of life, that you would challenge us, that you'd move us forward so that for every one of us, we could look back and we'd go, thank you, God, that I'm not who I once was. So thank you for each and every person here. I pray that over this Labor Day weekend, you would give us rest and you'd help us to understand your love for us more. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. I love you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In fact, you can do that right now. I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me if you haven't already done so. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are the Lord and that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And thank you, God, for that fact. I ask that you now be my savior to guide my life and give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. If you prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer for any reason, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or on the web at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.